Sorry. Sorry about that. All right, are we here? There we are. God damn it. God damn it. In the scenes drama. I, I think oh, I man. Wasn't, I wasn't sure what was better, yeah. that or PM Don last week. <laughs> God damn it today. Oh, uh, it's going to be a good day. Hey, you got beer. That's what else do you need, right? Yeah, we're good. We'll, we'll make it work. There's a little behind-the-scenes drama going on for those of you who are tuning in going, what the hell is happening? All right, well, here's the deal. Starting it all over, welcome to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on the Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. We're back to normal now. The ship has landed. Let's just make everything all good, right? It was a reminder that we are live. How's all that? right, that's go. great. <laughs> we have a big show today. We have a great interview coming up. And you guys, from what I see, are going to be tasting some of Maryland's Heavy Seas Beer. That is true. We Excellent. have a phenomenal brewery. These guys have a, a great reputation. We can talk to their brewmaster, Chris Leonard, about all the stuff that's going on. And uh, now this is a brewery that, you know, we've, we've had on here before. We had a few of their, their barrel-aged things. We had one for the Christmas special that, uh, if you recall listening to, we all kind of drooled over that one. What was that beer again? A uh, Yuletide. Oh, the Yuletide. Yeah, I couldn't remember what it was. I actually had to go look it up. I know. You we talked about week, it last like, week, yeah. I couldn't remember. It, oh, it was a really good barrel-aged uh, Weizenbach, which was... Oh, so tasty. And we had them on the pumpkin one, too. They have a really good pumpkin beer they do. They, they really have a really cool uh, barrel-age program going on with a lot of the stuff. And we're going to have two of those later on today. But uh, we're starting out light. This is a newer one from them as well. This is their session IP. This is Crossbones. So we're starting. This is a 4.5% ABV, really light, sessionable IPA. I have to like this earlier this week. I was I was uh, trying some stuff when I got it. And I wound up having these in reverse order, just trying to see. Like I started out with the double IPA because it was one of those days when I got home. <laughs> you wanted to start out with the bigger boys, and then by the end, I still kind of wanted to have another one. So I, I thought I'd go with the light thing, and it was weird because, you know, usually if you're going for the big and then going to the week, you're going to have this really weird palate thing happening, and this is going to be washed out. But after like two three sips of this Crossbones, it kind of stood on its own and really. And it's really nice. It's kind of quickly become one of my favorite session IPAs because it's got a really nice mouthfeel to it. And, and the hops are there and they, they give you a little bit of a punch, but it's not overwhelming. It's still got some nice balance to it. I'd like to apologize for my earlier break out there feeling a little bad. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Didn't want to take it out make it, you know, you guys have to feel my wrath over what would... Oh, wait, maybe if oh. I put your microphone on, that would work. See, I apologize for that as <laughs> no, well. No, no worries. Quick, you're, you're quick to anger, quick to forgive. You know what? I yeah. apologize if I offended anybody. I really care a lot, and I really didn't want to hurt your feelings or offend <laughs> you. So I'm saying I'm sorry right now because I know my shortcomings, and I'm very easy to um, admit them. And I'm so used to apologizing for them anyway. So <laughs> I, like the kinder, I like the kinder, gentler Ready. All right. But it's fun. Let's this, all is, hug. this is radio. I don't think anybody saw it. You didn't come across in the voice. We saw it in the oh, studio. Oh, we didn't? No. I have a headache. I was yelling so hard. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I apologize so for good. that. Onward what you're drinking. But uh, no, it's debauchery. A, it, it's a nice, like, sessionable IPA. What, what are you boys thinking? I don't, I, you know, uh, it's not, it's a good beer. It's, it's not, just it's not, not a remar- citrusy. It's, it's, not. it's not a remarkable beer. Um, you know, I like that they're calling it an IPA because many American craft breweries would call this their pale ale, and I don't need to get in the soapbox about that one again. <laughs> but um, it's it's okay. It's not a bad beer. I think it's um, they didn't do enough to balance out some of that hop sharpness in this one. Yeah, it's it's really it's a very bright hop. Yes, yeah, very in this bright, one. Yeah. and it's and the mouthfeel I think is a little on a little lacking, a little lacking. 
That's a, that's always the that's always the challenge with yeah. session beers is like how do you, how do you make a how do you make a, a session beer that has like a decent like mouthfeel and has a good grain bill, especially when you're it's trying to, to keep it as an IPA. Because yeah. you, you have to if you're tagging it as an IPA, you have people going into it expecting some type of hop presence, some type of hop bite. But I think that's part of the problem. I mean, yeah. session beers are becoming this this new tagline. You know, dry hopped is a new tagline. You know, barrel aged, firkined, randled, whatever you want to do is this these new. These new ploys that you drink beers, which is great, but, you know, I think some beers aren't meant to be sessionable. You know, an imper- a Russian Imperial Stout is supposed to be a Russian Imperial Stout. If you ever tell me you're coming out with a session Russian Imperial Stout, you're just trying to play with marketing. Wait, who, 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 we just had a brewery. We, we had uh, uh, Champion. They, my, my friend Hunter had They have a – it wasn't a sessionable. What he did was they uh, – he did a collaboration beer with the punk band Against Me. Uh-huh. And the guy loves Russian Imperial Stouts. But he said, I think if we brew a Russian Imperial Stout for you know people at shows, you're going to have a problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what he did was he worked on having a lower ABV. He didn't call it a Russian Imperial Stout. What it was was a, a middle ground between a really nice dry stout and a Russian Imperial that came in at six and a half. Uh-huh. What he did was he beefed up the mouthfeel with wheat. It actually worked out really nicely. Like it was a really nice dry Russian Imperial the characteristics no, but see, are there, the but didn't have the alcohol a, burn. But it's not a Russian no, Imperial. He didn't, so it wasn't, those- and that's what he wasn't entering it in that, but what he was calling it was a middle ground stout between those two. And uh, that's what they were going for. He wasn't trying to. He, then the reason being is that he does these collaboration uh, beers with punk bands. Like he has them with no effects. And he didn't want to put out, you know, you're going to have people at shows drinking these beers. So you can't really give them, oh, here's a 12.5% beer and expect to, you know, have it not be covered in puke everywhere. No, right. No, I, I agree with that. I guess my point is is that I don't think every beer is meant for every situation. And, you know, no. this kind of goes back to my thing on, you know, session beers and people trying to make this, you know, if I drink IPA, I should be able to drink IPA all the time or stout all the time. You know, some beers are meant for certain times and certain seasons. Yeah, I, and I don't think light. you're going to see it go, the, the trend really continue on with a lot of other beers. The IPA is just one that has been ripe for that because of the popularity and because of the fact that you have so many people that love IPAs that they got the feedback from drinkers of who have friends that aren't crappier drinkers saying, you know, I have two of them and, and I'm done for the night. And my friends just had a 12 pack of, you know, insert mass quantity beer here. And, uh, you know, they wanted to work on something like that. So that's really what it was. And there's been a lot of them coming out with like a good amount of success of that. But the issue really comes in is maintaining that balance with trying to have a lower ABV to, you know, for those who don't brew it, to lower the ABV, you have to lower the malt bill. And to lower the malt bill and maintain balance, that's where it gets really difficult because you still need to have that hot presence but need to keep it restrained. If you take a beer, I guess my, my point, as I'm still on my soapbox here because <laughs> I'm angry, because I love the pale ale. I think pale ale is such an underrated beer that the hop heads out there, and I'm, and I'm a hop head too, and I'm, an, I'm not trying to down anybody, but the hop heads out there think if it's not called India in front of it, they forget the pale ale part. And you have some really nice hoppy pale ales out there that are very classically made that, that answer that hop flavor, that hop aroma. you got Sierra Nevada, you got Stouts, you've got Sam Adams just came out with a fantastic one called Crystal Pale. You've got um, Dale's Pale Ale. There's another great pale ale that's not hoppy like an IPA, but still has great hop flavor, great hop aroma, and it just crapped on by these session IPAs. It's funny you mention that, Sean, because we had the same instance down at the bar, I don't know, a month or so back where, you know, we had, you know, we we do our best to uh, curate the draft line, but every once in a while you'll end up with an IPA not on draft. Well, the hoppiest beer we had on was a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale at this time. 
bartender recommends, well, what do you have that's like an IPA? Well, we have, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And the customer chided the bartender because it wasn't a, it isn't a hoppy beer. It is a hoppy beer. I know. That's, that's my... <laughs> You know, and so you're absolutely right when you get into putting that uh, India nomenclature in front of a pale ale that people think that it's, I mean, well, if it doesn't have India, it does, it's not mean it's hop. The names are, are really important if you're entering it into competitions. Like, that's really what it is, is for the categories to go into things. For the people drinking the beer, it's expectations. Like the person saying, I want a pale ale. Well, that's not as hoppy. Well, no, it is. But in your mind, you've been equating IPA. You know, there, there's different things, and brewers play with that a lot, and that, that's the thing. It's like, and there are pale ales that really aren't that hoppy. They're, they're much more reserved. There are also IPAs that aren't really that hoppy. It really depends on the beer. So, I mean, you kind of have to, to taste these things and not just say, oh, this is what it is, and, and leave it at that. Try some of these beers and see what's going on. I mean, like, there are a lot of pale ales that maybe aren't, especially when you're comparing them to an IPA. They shouldn't be that hoppy. There, there's, that's a whole other thing that I don't want Sean to go off on. But that's a whole other thing that some well, pale ales kind of tread over <laughs> no, that category. I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm not, you know... I like it. I think it's a decent beer. I'm just saying, you know, as the the name, how naming has has been approached in the craft beer industry is is a disservice to the customer, because there are very few people out there who understand what they're drinking. They're going by the name. Oh, it says it's aged in oak. It must be bourbon. No, does it have bourbon in it? It just says oak aged. You know, and I've I've been at many tastings where people have gotten a oak aged. Um, like Petrus has an oak-aged uh, oak sour, and they're like, oh, I bet it's got a bourbon flavor. I get no bourbon out of this. Well, where does it say bourbon? But we've had these oak-aged bourbon barrels that people just assume that these are the flavors that are going to be there, and they don't actually, they don't appreciate the beer for what it's supposed to be. Drink first, read second. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're here for. We are here to help, to give some Whoa, info. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm getting another hug. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll get off the soapbox. No, I mean, it's, it, there's a lot that goes on with this that, uh, you know, the average craft beer drinker is not aware of, you know, the, the little things that go on, the nuances. But I mean, that's really what it is, is, is just training your palate and learning how to do all these things and get it all together and then figure out what's going on. And it, it kind of pieces all these things together. And, uh, you know, as you as you grow and as your palate learns, then you can start to distinguish these things from one another and, and learn as you go and grow. And, and then you can start to have these understandings because, like, some people out there might not have a clue what we're talking about as far as this stuff goes. But, you no, know, once you develop that, you can kind of put it all together. <laughs> I'm just, going on the, What I'm do you say, on... Freddie? So what's up, man? <laughs> what's up? Oh. Yeah, I can see. Okay. I know the phone is ringing, well, yeah, man. You're like zoned out. I know the phone is ringing. Another cat video on Facebook. I am zoned Facebook. out because I'm ask, someone's asking me a question about the show right now. And like a fool, I went to take a look at it. And then I got swept away in conversation. So shut up. We'll be right back here. We've got a lot of cool things coming on. Listen, you guys don't shut the hell up about the chemistry. You drank one beer in 15 minutes. My fault. All right, <laughs> there we go. So I'm zoned out. You guys are on a third planet anyways. <laughs> but we'll be right back. Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Have you been searching for the perfect engagement ring or an exquisite gift for a special occasion? Rainbow Jewelers is where you'll find it. Rainbow Jewelers, consistently voted the number one jeweler in the Wyoming Valley, has a large selection of GIA and EGL certified diamonds, engagement rings, necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. Rainbow Jewelers also has wedding bands, birthstone jewelry, mother's rings, all high quality at the best price. Plus, they sell citizen brand watches and offer jewelry repairs. Rainbow Jewelers, $789. Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. 
See what all the fuss is about at Fairfield Dodge Chrysler Jeep and Ram. Fairfield Dodge Chrysler Jeep and Ram has two locations to serve you. This means double the inventory. Shop Fairfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram and see why they are the most talked about dealership in the South Valley. Fairfield Dodge Chrysler Jeep and Ram, located at 1409 Montour Boulevard in Danville, or just off the Hughesville exit of I-180 in Muncie. When my furnace went, Monta. I knew who to call. C.W. Schultz & Son in Wilkesbury, been servicing the area for over 90 years, and Jack Bellis hooked me up and made it a very comfortable transaction. C.W. Schultz & Son are installers of Burnham Boilers made in Lancaster, PA, and they install high-quality Bryant heating and cooling systems. Don't waste time. Do what I did. Go to C.W. Schultz & Son and visit them at cwschultzandson.com. Get into the new Miller Surplus Home Center at 83 Waller Street in Wilkesbury for huge savings. All kitchen cabinets are on sale. All hardwood and laminate flooring are on sale. All fiberglass doors are on sale. The prices are crazy low. Miller Surplus Home Center has a huge selection of fiberglass and steel doors in stock, and everything is on sale. Tile, laminate, and hardwood are all on sale. So get into the new Miller Surplus Home Center and save big money now. These prices won't last forever, and supplies are limited so get in now and save big money at the new miller surplus home center at 83 waller street in wilkesbury or call 570-824-9007 that's 570-824-9007 free custom kitchen designs and quotes get into the new location for miller surplus home center at 83 waller street in wilkesbury in the old modern floors building now if you're looking to get cash for your broken and unwanted jewelry, go to a reputable jeweler who's been in business for a long time, not one that appeared because the price of gold went up. Bring your broken and unwanted jewelry to Rainbow Jewelers. They're professionals and deal directly with the refiner. Rainbow Jewelers will tell you what your gold's really worth and pay you what it's really worth. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. All right, guys, we are back here rocking and rolling with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour, Sports Hub 102.3, NBC Sports Radio. There was a caller on the line, and it is our very special interview, and let's get it going right now. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Leonard, the brewmaster of Heavy Seas Beers. Chris, how are you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, Yay, Chris. We, we always appreciate it. I, I feel a little better. You're in Baltimore now, correct? Correct. Okay, I was hoping you weren't going to say I'm at a craft brewers conference in Oregon or something. <laughs> I always feel bad when people call from the West Coast, and i got to get you up on 7 in the morning on a Saturday to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got to sleep in a little bit today, wow. so uh, feeling good. Good, good, good. Well, let, let's dive back a little bit into your history and everything. So sure. now, when did you first start at Heavy Seas? I started Heavy Seas in December 2013. Okay, so now prior to that, were you at another brewery or were you doing yeah. a lot of home? Where, where were you at prior oh, to that? Oh, no, uh, immediately preceding Heavy Seas, I was uh, I was running a startup brewery in suburban Houston called uh, Fort Bend Brewing Company. And prior to that, uh, I owned and operated a brew pub called the General Lafayette Inn just outside of Philadelphia in Lafayette Hill. Okay, so you did you did a jump from east to middle to back to east then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a, it was a, the, the the Texas thing was uh, kind of uh, spun out of a consulting uh, gig that I had done. Uh, I also went to Peru to open a brewery and did some consulting uh-huh. after the General Lafayette Inn. So uh, Texas thing sort of uh, fell into my lap in a way, and uh, we gave it a shot and uh, wanted to get back east. So when the heavy seas uh, job became available, it was extremely attractive, and I uh, jumped at it. 
So then that kind of, I didn't have this really planned out, but I'm thinking, did you have a noticeable difference with the beers that were really enjoyed on the East Coast versus being out somewhere in Texas? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the the Texas market is, is in its, uh, it's not in its infancy, but it's still uh, a developing uh, flavor profile for the for the folks out there. They're uh, hot weather and uh, you know, easier drinking, lighter beers. That's uh, it's what they're accustomed to. But like everywhere else in the country, IPAs were a big deal, and uh, so it's it's definitely a burgeoning craft scene uh, in Texas. You you can say it. You can say it. I just got back from Dallas. The beer down there is is not really as good as Northeast. <laughs> You know, or the West Coast. It's just, you know, it's a little, um, it's a little different. We'll just say it's different. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, again, the, the, the craft uh, uh, history just isn't there. I mean, there are a couple of outstanding breweries in Texas. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. um, some of the, uh, you know, the growth of breweries down there is, is coming on the smaller side of yeah. folks who don't have a lot of uh, necessarily uh, history in the industry and so uh you know they're they're finding their way but uh you know it's it's certainly an exciting place to be right now if you're making craft beer yeah it's definitely been an area that traditionally has kind of been passed over because a lot of the west coast brewers kind of bypassed them as they were delivering to the east coast the whole midwest area middle of the country has been forgotten and now you see a lot of these breweries starting to move in there and start to expand out and capitalize on that absolutely so now with heavy seas like what are some like the flagship i mean from what i get from everything, you guys are kind of more of a, an English-style brewery. Am I correct in saying that? that? You are correct. Okay. So what are kind of the flagship beers for the brewery? Well, by far, our, our flagship beer is Loose Cannon. Uh, it's, uh, before this year, it, it, it's about 60 to 65% of our production. Wow. Uh, IPA being, uh, again, easily the, the most popular style of beer. Uh, and Loose Cannon for us is, uh, it's it's... In, in Baltimore, it's um, it's what we're known for, and it, it's synonymous with heavy seas in a lot of ways. Um, some people even ask for one of our other products and say, I'll have the Loose Cannon Phantom Ship, for example. So, they, <laughs> um, so we even get that sort of uh, confusion. But uh, we've developed some new brands this year, and uh, that's some of the ones we sent you that I think are going to take a big chunk out of Loose Cannon's uh, appeal. So has, I know that, that beer came online before you were there at the yeah. brewery. Has that changed? I mean, I like to see, because we went with the hop uh, popularity growing. Has that changed the recipe for the beer then? Like, were you not able to get some of the hops that were in it initially? No, no. We, uh, we, we have uh, been able to keep that beer relatively uh, constant um, for the past three years or so. Uh, we did a good job of contracting out the hops and forecasting. Uh, the, the, my predecessor uh, was was very uh, proactive in that in that realm. And then uh, some of the hops, uh, it's a it's a Simcoe hop heavy beer, and we we were a little short on Simcoe on our contract this year. But uh, the size of the brewer that we are, we're able to uh, you know, pull some strings and and you know find some extra. Simcoe hops to uh, to round out our contract, so we we really haven't had a, a big struggle maintaining loose can. But it is we use two pounds of hops per barrel in producing that beer, so it's, it's an unbelievable uh, you know, amount of, of hops that we require on a yearly basis. We we brewed twenty five thousand barrels of that beer alone last year, so um, you can imagine the uh, it's fifty thousand pounds of hops just for that beer. So um, we, we we have a lot of purchasing power, I guess. So uh, that, that kind of helps us stay near the front of the line when, 
when the big suppliers are trying to decide who to keep happy. Um, <laughs> they keep us happy. Oh, that's good. That's actually, loose cannon is what we're drinking right now, so it's good we're, we're talking about this a little bit. It's bringing up some of the flavors. Um, I got a question for you. How much um, how much role does Hugh play in the whole um, development of your beer and your styles and stuff? I know that, um, you know, some of the other um, uh, craft breweries out there, like Dogfish Head, Sam Adams, Rogue, um, you know, Sierra Nevada, like a lot of these... Um, a lot of the owners are very in the forefront of of their products and stuff. And you don't see a lot about Hugh. How how involved is he? Um, how much um, how much input does he um, still take hold? Like since the brewery's been going on since what two thousand and three, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, before that, it's, uh, we're we're going on twenty years this year. So two thousand and three was the last time we introduced a new year round product. Okay. So the Crossbones uh, is is our first new year round product since two thousand three. So that's where that date sort of falls in play. But uh, now the brewery opened in nineteen ninety five. Uh, at this point, I mean, Hugh is still uh, he, he he's we call him the uh, the admiral. So he's he's, <laughs> he's in charge of the uh, you know keeping the ship on course, and uh, he uh, he definitely drives where we the direction we go um, when it comes to designing the beer uh, I have full uh, autonomy and work I have 10 brewers that work for me and, and we work very closely together when we're developing new beer styles and we approach it from a on a senior management level um, sort of as a each new product as as a concept first before we get into the details of of the specific flavor profile aroma color all that sort of thing sort of falls on my plate and he doesn't really um interfere or, or steer things too much i mean he, he has his own opinions um about you know what he where he thinks the direction should be but uh, he doesn't you know he doesn't meddle or, or micromanage when it comes to the beers themselves he he, he gets behind the marketing, um, the concept, um, the, the, the essence, the soul of the product, what we're trying, how we're trying to relate it to our brand and, and, and our ideals as a brewery and, and sort of leads us in the right direction. And then, and then, you know, the responsibility of making it taste good is on me. So if it's not good, then it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you take the blame. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the other things you guys do, it's really interesting that you know, all, of, all of us here in this room like really appreciate it. Like You do a lot of great things with cask ales. Yes. So for listeners, because people are you know sick of listening to me talk, can you explain the difference with like a cask ale versus something people might be more familiar with on draft? Yeah, well, the more m- most, you know, uh, traditionally in the United States, at least, uh, you know, beer ferments, beer uh, is conditioned, it's filtered, it's carbonated, and it's packaged in a keg bottle can what have you, uh, with cask condition beer, uh, which is a more traditional, uh, sort of an English, uh, historical perspective. The beer comes out of the fermenter before it's filtered after it's conditioned a, a, a portion, but not necessarily all the way to where it would be ready for filtration. Uh, and it's, and it's put into a, a vessel in, in most cases, a firkin, which is a 10.8 gallon, uh, what people think of a cask sort of looks like that, uh, that barrel. Uh, we even have a couple of wooden ones that we'll, we'll, we'll fill from time to time. But so we'll fill the cask with uh, unfiltered beer. It still has some yeast in it, still some, um, some other troops, some, some hops and, and, and sort of thing. So it's a hazy sort of a, uh, not, not green beer, green meaning not fully conditioned, but uh, tastes good enough out of the fermenter that 
um, but it still has some room to soften and round out. So we'll put in the, we'll put in the cask. We'll add some fermentable material, either sugar or uh, unfermented wort. Sometimes we'll add a croisoning, which is uh, the beer that's in mid fermentation into the cask. Also, we'll usually add some hops, and uh, then that beer will undergo sort of its own maturation and carbonation in that cask, um, reaching sort of a lower carbonation level than you would taste. Of a, a beer that's on draft, and then either poured uh, via gravity right out of the cask or pulled out of the cask with a hand pump, um, which usually gives it kind of a nice frothy head. So when you when you see a Guinness or a beer that's nitrogenated that's poured with nitrogen, it, it's actually mimicking cask beer because when you when you pull it out of the you pull that beer out of a out of a cask and, and push it through a, a hand pump or a beer engine. Um, it infuses the beer with air, and air is mostly nitrogen. So that's where you get that soft palate, the, the easy drinking, smooth, um, you know, the, the easy cop-out for, for people who say they don't like it is I don't like warm, flat beer. Well, it's neither warm, it's usually cold cellar temperature, about 52 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's it's undercarbonated, usually about two volumes of, of CO2 versus 2.6, 2.7 volumes for your average craft beer. So I'm like loose cannon, 2.65 volumes in the bottle. Uh, but our but our cast condition cannon will be about two volumes of CO2. So softer palate, um, easier to drink. Eat, eat. The flavor of the of the malt and the hops and the yeast character uh, is much more uh, noticeable, prevalent, uh, easier to enjoy. Um, so it, CO2, carbon dioxide does have a flavor, so there is an impact there, and the beers will taste different because of that. But, but basically, the cask is sort of the soul of the beer. You're, you're tasting all the, uh, uh, the, the ingredients in, in sort of their purest form, or at least that's sort of the idea behind it. So we're, we're very passionate about it. Yeah, I mean, and it's great to see because that's something you really, it's a rarity in, in America. A lot of people don't like to take that on because the, the amount of work involved and cellarmanship and all that fun stuff. Yes. Now, the other thing going on now, you guys just expanded. What kind of volume increase has that expansion led for you? Well, right now we're we're looking at a 15% growth this year. We we, we produced just under 39,000 barrels last year, so um, we're shooting for mid-40s this year. Hopefully we'll hit 45,000 barrels. Uh, the brew house that we've added uh, will allow us to brew up to 100,000 barrels of beer, but right now we're sort of constrained by our fermentation space actually sent out the request for quotes on the 200 barrel fermenters on Friday. So do what kind of lead time we have on there. Right now we have uh, 3,850 barrels worth of fermentation space. So uh, we're, we're kind of up against the ceiling on, on brewing 45,000 barrels with what we have in tank space. But uh, the brewery will let, the new brew house will allow us to go out well over 100,000 barrels. That's great. Is there a lot of future beers you have planned in the immediate, like coming right up? Yeah, well, for the rest of this year, um, we have a uh, sort of an imperial porter called Blackbeard's Breakfast that we just pulled out of the fermenter yesterday and put in bourbon barrels, and that's going to age in the bourbon barrels for about six weeks, and we're adding uh, coffee to that. We have a local roaster, Chesapeake Bay Roasting Company, uh, Coffee Roasters, one of their... Uh, one of their roasters is uh, is a big fan of Heavy Seas and, and frequents our tap room. So uh, we partnered up with them. So we're, we're going to put out this 11% alcohol imperial, imperial coffee porter bourbon barrel age that will, uh, I believe that's a May 1 release. Then uh, in the summer, we have, uh, in the past, we've done Red Sky at Night, which is sort of Saison-inspired 
golden Belgian ale. Uh, this year we're doing Red Sky in the morning. We're, we're, we're brewing a, a slightly stronger version of that beer. We're going to age it in Chardonnay barrels. No, probably those barrels are. I'm expecting them later this next week. We should. We're going to age that for about three months in the Chardonnay barrels. That's a July wow. release. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, both of those are, are ones yeah. I really <laughs> excellent. You got everybody drooling oh, in here. I know. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're lighted right up. I mean, we, we've uh, again. This is where where Hugh is uh, a lot of fun to work for. Um, we, we try to stick to repeating on a yearly basis the really successful seasonals, but some of the ones that are good, but not necessarily, you know, people lining up for them. He gives us the opportunity to try new things. So the Blackbeards and the Red Sky are, are two completely different products for us uh, that, that still sort of reflect what Heavy Seeds is known for, but... Yeah, we, we've we've had a few of the barrel age ones. We really love what you guys are doing, and, and we definitely look forward to that. And, and Chris, we're gonna have, we're up against a commercial, so we're gonna have to cut this one short. But we definitely really appreciate taking the time, and we have some more beers to drink. And thank you so much for joining Cheers. us. Really appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, buddy. My pleasure. Enjoy them. Cheers. Cheers. Guys, take care. And we'll be back with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Intercom's Elite Eateries, Northeast PA's finest dining and family restaurants, featuring Damon's Grill, 820 Northern Boulevard, Clark Summit, serving the freshest steaks, best burgers, and famous ribs, plus live bands every Saturday night. Conifal's Restaurant, 458 Main Street, Edwardsville, open daily at 11 with lunch and dinner specials, plus homemade piggies, pierogies, and halushki. And the Iron Skillet Restaurant, DuPont, open 24 hours, featuring a full buffet and a complete menu, including a 24-ounce porterhouse with soup and salad bar for $19.99. When my furnace went, I knew who to call. C.W. Schultz & Son in Wilkesbury been servicing the area for over 90 years, and Jack Bellis hooked me up and made it a very comfortable transaction. C.W. Schultz & Son are installers of Burnham Boilers made in Lancaster, PA, and they install high-quality Bryant heating and cooling systems. Don't waste time. Do what I did. Go to C.W. Schultz & Son and visit them at C.W. I have to confess, I love a good beauty steal. Eyeshadows, fancy anti-wrinkle creams, nail polishes, anything I can get my hands on, I take. I really stuff my bag. It's Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty event. Get daily beauty steals on all your favorite brands, like Urban Decay and Benefit. Plus, enjoy in-store events with tips and trends from the experts. Tricks on doing a cat eye? Yeah, I steal those too. Visit Ulta.com or an Ulta Beauty near you. Ends April 4th. Wendy's presents Red in the Metal Detector. Hey, Frank, find any coins? Nope, just junk. A sword from the Civil War, a platter that says Buckingham Pap. Ooh, I think you got something. Oh, I hope it's a quarter. You know, four of those, and I can get a junior cheeseburger from Wendy's. Oh, I got another gold bar. Man, I can't catch a break. Wendy's Junior Cheeseburger, 100% pure beef for just 99 cents. It'll change the way you see change. Now that's better. Prices and participation may vary. Construction has begun at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified, and so is the construction sale. I'm Ken Pollock, and we have lots of exciting things happening at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified. Our brand new showroom is underway, and right now during our construction sale, we are making room on the lot with incredible deals that will move quickly. Here's our manager, Murad, with a few of them. 
bring in the savings with this 2013 Mini Cooper at only $16,499 or a 2014 Subaru Impreza at only $18,999. Right now at Kemp Pollock Platinum Certified just off of I-81 on Route 315 in Pitts. KempPollockCertified.com. I'm Steve Jones, the voice of Penn State football. Join us on Sunday, April 19th during Blue White Weekend at Penn State University for the Paterno Family Beaver Stadium run benefiting Special Olympics Pennsylvania. Presented by Sheets, this three-mile run and one-mile family fun walk will conclude when participants race through the famous Players Tunnel and finish at the 50. Don't miss this annual Penn State Blue-White weekend tradition. Visit stadiumrun.org today to register, start your own team, or donate to a team of your choice. All right, we're back here with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour, Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Can you tell me something, Backyard Billy? What do you want me to tell you? I want you to tell me what the hell you got going on. Backyard Ale House this week, bud. You know, you know this every time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We, you know, it just I like forgot. just just like one of those things. You you always ambush me. You're like you're like the the guy that comes it's in. It's your business, it's like, man. I know, but like it's like one of those things. I want to like at least a heads up saying, hey, Bill, I'm gonna come to you out of the break and say this is what's going on. Well, what if I bumped into you in the street and I wanted to know what was going on at the bar? Oh, dude, you know what? You should have texted me. <laughs> you should have texted me before I came around the corner. Time to like ask me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's exactly what you just I'm said. I'm just I'm just messing with you, buddy. All right. So I, you know I love you. I love hey, you too. Hey, we got brunch. All I mean, right. like brunch we got brunch golden. today. You know, it like I was just talking to somebody about this the other day about uh, how banging our Bloody Marys are. Like literally, it's like a the biggest giant meat skewer pepper oh, wow. cheese thing that gets like thrown on top so yeah. if you don't like beer and i don't know why you would listen to beer geeks if you didn't <laughs> like beer but you know you could definitely go for bloody buddy all right sounds good to me and i know all we right. have some beers to drink here derek yes yes oh yeah we got a few more all right polish off we're, we're we've been working our way through the ipa lineup they've had now we had loose cannon while we were talking to chris a lot going on with that and uh, now what we have, this is another new one. They just came out with, this is their double cannon. This is their double IPA, 9.5%. So we're kind of working our way up. We started at 45 Loose cannons were 7, I don't have the bottle in front of me, 7, something around that. And uh, double cannons up to 9.5. So, I mean, th- this is just really working our way up. This is just, you really feel, especially as we worked our way gradually from the, the small, the thinner, the mouthfeel of the two of those, you kind of work your way up and you can really taste the difference of the, the amount of malt put into this one. It's it's surprising it's not as hop forward, as super aggressive as you might think with some di- double IPAs. It's there, but it doesn't have that like long lingering. It's not a super dry finish. It's just kind of like a a, a punch. It's a little spicy. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's, a it's nice definitely not one of those um you know, citrus. A lot of people think of the double IPAs being very citrusy because that's kind of in vogue right now. That's the big hop presence that people love to throw in is is a ton of citrus and tropical fruit type stuff. This falls more kind of in like a, a floral, spicy note, things like that of that nature with a little subtle background of, of that. But it's not up forward, uh, aggressive, fruity or anything. But it's just a really super easy, for 9.5%, really easy drinking. I don't want to, you know, and I'll, I'll toss this out to the other the other folks drinking the beer. Um, it it almost tastes a little rum-like. It's got a little bit of that spicy smoothness going on. Like, it doesn't play very much like double IPA to me. It's got, like, a little bit of, like, it's a it's a really tasty beer. Yeah. Like, but it's it's got a little, like, it's 
I don't want to say piratey in order. You know, <laughs> I mean, but it's it's got that it's got like that you know. Yeah, it's, we it's, are a pirate. Arr, it's, it's you know, not like, something. Yeah. If it's, <laughs> God, it's, not, it's definitely not. It, it definitely stands on its own within it being a double IPA. Like if you had this next to some of the other you know well-known double IPAs, like I said, like this doesn't have that hot profile as the other ones, and the mouthfeel is definitely a lot more round. Kind of feel to right, it. Right. It's not, and it doesn't have that real dry punch on the palate. It just kind of has like a big, like a, you know, sometimes you have a, a double IP, it's got a one two punch because you got the up front and then something on the back end and then a real dry finish. This is just kind of punch right in the face, just one shot. <laughs> like that's all you need. So it's just got a big heft to it. Pirate like. Yes. There you go. There's a bit of spice, but it's not like, it's not like, uh, like sweet, like some yeah. doubles could be. Right, yeah. right, right. It's got like it's like more spicy, you know, type uh, punch rather than uh, it's pirate like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. I guess yeah. Yeah, there's a, the well, what's a pirate's favorite letter? R. No, you think it's the R, but it's the C. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! That's for Johnny V. I had to go. Uh, Captain Blackjack will be here all week. <laughs> You know, oh, speaking good of pirates, clean jokes, better than coming up on the radio cursing. On <laughs> oh <TV>. wow! <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad you just accused me of that <laughs> violation. That's awesome. I, you didn't. That you never didn't. happened. You weren't. You weren't, you weren't cursing. Never you happened. Were. I don't know what station you were listening to. <laughs> I, I definitely think, speaking of pirates, I think that we should all get on Facebook right now, Twitter, the Instagram, and we should harass Derek to run a bus trip to Heavy Seas Brewery for Talk Like a Pirate Day, which happens to be a Saturday this year. Saturday, September 19th, driving our butts down to Maryland. Oh, you want me to drive the bus, screaming. too? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, why not? It'll be cheaper. We don't have to pay somebody else to do it. You can't drink, though, but hey, whatever. <laughs> you saw Nightmare on Elm Street, too, right? When you were- <laughs> Starting out on the school bus, going right off the cliff. <laughs> but uh, no, this it has a slight uh, <laughs> good transition. Thank you, excellent transition. It has, a, has a slight little touch of alcohol heat from it, like a little slight. It's it's not a, a burn, but you can kind of get in the back end the, the hint of like this is nine and a half percent. This does make itself known a little bit to me that that this is one you know to be aware of. It does not in the aroma. It's just kind of like a little hint at the end. Like a little lingering uh, alcohol, but it's it's still. I mean, just this is it, it's a tough category now to enter into. If you're coming off a new beer, it's tough to jump into the double IPA pool because that is so saturated with you know the the next best thing. They you all know, the the um, oh, what did he call it? the trade bait? You know that that's really trade what bait. you see a lot of those double IPAs in that category of like this is what everybody's trying to get. And you need to, and it's a tough one to jump into because of the fact that. That tends to be the one that a lot of snobbery goes into is this style because you have those people because that's the style everybody has drank. They know something about what a hop tastes like, and that's the one that, oh, this is just, nope, nope. This isn't this isn't Hetty Topper, or, you know things like that. And it's like, well, yeah, you know what? They don't all that. Like there, there's a, supposed to be a differentiation with these, and, and it should be just a really good, easy drinking beer. It, it despite being a double IPA, it should still be something that you can you would say is easy drinking, quaffable. Like, yeah, like that. That's what you want, regardless of of the higher ABV. It should still be an easy drinking beer. That's what the style calls for. It doesn't call it to be you know the super challenging beer that you know you should be able to have three sips and that's it, nothing else. That's too much for your palate. Like that's you know a double IPA should feel like your enamel's getting ripped yeah. off your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's <laughs> Who what, needs a dentist? And that's what yeah. some people think because they've had these, you know, souped-up IPAs, which, you know, they have their own place, but it, you can't compare everything to them. That's the whole thing, and that's where this category gets tough with some of the brewers that are entering into it because they're up against things like that. But, no, I mean, this this is a, a phenomenal one. It's great, like, you know, working your way through, seeing the skills of this brewery, what they can do. And uh, the next two we're going to be we're tapping into, we're getting into the barrel-age stuff. And this is something that the brewery is is really starting to hit their their stride with. And as you said, uh, you know, when we went to break, when Chris was talking about the upcoming ones, I mean, we were all drooling here because, I mean, it's just they, they know what they're doing with the barrel, and they, they've really hit a lot of great things within that, and we've had a few of them. And uh, they, they just, it's great because when you're getting into the barrel thing, sometimes that heat comes through a bit much and it's, it takes away from the beer. But what they've had, what I've had from them so far, you know, has not really done that. Mm. Do you, do you want to take a break and then we'll come back and try these two? Do you yeah, that sure, way? man. We'll Let's take way. a break. It's all good. We'll be right back.
All right, that was Chef Gene Philbin's request here. <laughs> the Beer Geeks Radio Hour today. All right, Gene. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Had to play uh, that for my friend wants to hear a song while he's prepping in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> play it for him. I just pictured Dean like you know making some sliders, smiling. Oh man, this yeah. is great. I my got jam. your request in, man. There you go. <laughs> oh good, and we have a few beers to drink, uh, right, Dirty yeah, Derek? We're now into the big boys. Now this this is a Phantom Ship. We're getting this is a bourbon barrel aged Belgian styled triple. So this this is a big one. This is a ten percent ABV. But what's nice, like we were saying, they, they don't they really know what they're doing with the barrels because it's. A back note. It's it's not anything because sometimes when you put it into a barrel, the bourbon really takes over and it's best to let some of those beers age and let it drop out. This already tastes like it's been aged, which is really nice. It it just drops us into a backing note and really adds to the overall experience of this beer. And that it's ten percent is is unbelievable because you get zero alcohol heat coming through on this one. And it's nice because in the aroma you get some of those like banana, clove, like really nice Belgian aromatics. But then you taste it. And it's it's just this really complex. The the malt bill on it's so smooth. It, it for ten percent, it's so so easy drinking. And you get some of those hints of bourbon, but it, not in a heat way. It's very subtle. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh yeah, it, it's phenomenal. You know, when I was prepping the notes, I was like, a triple yeah. with bourbon. I was like, uh, okay. And it it, it, it really delivers. It's yeah. it's so delicious. It's it's sweet too, which is surprising. It's, yeah. it's got a real nice sweet. Well, I mean, to it. I think a triple should be a little yeah. should be a little sweeter generally. But it, it it is phenolic, like you said. You're you're still getting some of the the Belgium yeast characteristics. The you know the pepper, uh, you know maybe some fruit notes, some peach, whatever. But it's really good. Yeah, it's really. I mean, that's what's nice. Is like you 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 know there is like something going on with like bourbon in there, but. It doesn't have that burn, which I'm always impressed when, when someone can do that. And that's what you're getting it not aged. You're getting it as it is. And this is what just came out. Okay, Sean wants to say something. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's just really. For the first time, you're, really, <laughs> you're speechless? Come on, dude. No, I just, if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. All right. No, I'm just not, I'm not a fan. Um, I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, the Belgian style, um, at least from, well, the, then, okay, you're, from okay, the U.S. side of it. Good. No, from the no from from U.S. craft breweries. I'm just not. I mean, all the Belgian beers I I, I like and I admire and I think are really good examples of the styles are from Belgium. Um, I think the U.S. breweries tend to be a little heavy on the esters. They tend to be a little heavy on the on some of those subtle flavors the Belgian breweries have that make the beers great. Uh, craft bre- American craft breweries tend to be a little heavy handed. I think that's just this one. It's not a bad beer. If He's you're a purist. Well, I, I wouldn't mean, know. I'm not. I'm just. I, I mean, mean you, I don't think if every you want to extract that a little further, you could say, "All right, well, maybe some of that stuff drops out in the shipping process it on could. its way, it could, and, yeah. and the storage thing. You don't know how fresh you're getting that beer. Where True. compared compared to here, um, I, I mean, I, I think it would be a great like document to, to like <laughs> like a, like literally like a blind test to to figure out like, all right, are these things like dropping off? For shipping, so we're comparing like maybe aged Belgian beer to to American crap. Like you know, what, no, what yeah, notes are we losing? You, you know? know, I mean, it's just you know, it's it's. I mean, that's a personal preference taste. You know, I'm yeah. just it. You know, it's it's a good beer. It's well made beer. There's no there's no discernible flaws to it. It's just it's just not to my palate. Yeah. Hey. Well, we're moving different, on. Different, different, different strokes for different folks. Is right, this the final beer? This is the final one. This is the one we've all been waiting for. This is uh, Ed. You didn't like that beer. 
I've never seen him do that. Actually, I didn't. I think it's uh, an acquired taste on this one. I don't like the cloves in it. No? Like the, the clove taste? No. Yeah, some people... Tastes like you're drinking clove water. I will say, some people, when you, when you get cloves, that is one I, I've heard and seen a lot from a lot of I've people. I've never seen that before. If, Ever. If you don't like cloves and that... that is present in the beer, it's it's a real tough you one. You mean to like down. cloves, like clove cigarettes type yeah. tasting? Oh, okay. Yeah, it, and I've sometimes when, you do when, that. when they it call it, the- it's, it's phenolic. Yeah. That's that's cool. like the, the I guess, the technical term yeah, that I wanted to say, but yeah, that's that's where that comes into play. Sorry to interrupt, boys. No, that's, I mean, that, that's just one I, I've heard that from a fair amount of people that if you have, uh, you know, not a fan of that taste and that's in there, it's tough to get around. Especially when there's something like that because it's, it's very present throughout. I love it. So yeah, that's I just have me. no problem with that. I, I, <laughs> no, love that. I love those notes. Hey, it's it's one of those things like, you know, I say to everybody, you know, not every beer is well, made no, for every person. For pause. I mean, there, no. there's there's five of us in here. Two of us love them. You know, and that's what happens. I mean, that, that's that's the real world. Like, it's not something we're all sitting down and all love the same thing. We do thing. have one abstainer. Yeah, we do. He's not even paying attention anyway, so it's all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my wife is complimenting the show. My response was, you didn't catch the beginning. It was a rough start. So if it didn't have anything to do with the show, well, we came out I of would, port. Pretty, I would, yeah, that was, yeah, we came out of rough. port. It hey, was some rough know, seas, you know. Heavy seas. You know, yeah. so I was just... Ah. Ah. Like, listen, if she's only, if she's one of our very few listeners out there, I want to make sure she's a happy listener. Yeah, yeah, so right. I responded, but All I know that's not the case. Thank oh, you, I honey. I, I appreciate it. All right. So once we're, again, we're on the Sorry way. for uh, oh, interrupting again. We're on our last one. Now, this is the, the Siren Noir. Now, this is an Imperial Stout Asian bourbon barrels. And this has like a lot of real nice chocolatey notes. This is much different. You can, when you're putting those side by side, the last one. This is much different. This is 9.5% too. It's actually lower in ABV, but, you know, tasting it, you might actually think it's a little bit higher, but that's because that you have that real rich chocolate characteristic coming through on this one. You, you definitely pick up the chocolate. And I, I was, you know, doing my homework before the show, and uh, they, they put three pounds of, of Belgium chocolate per barrel uh, when they when they brew this beer. And it's, I mean, that's quite a... Yeah. Bit of chocolate. You get a nice, you get a nice roast nose into this too. Yeah, yeah. almost coffee like. I think it's really. You get some like mocha almost. That's kind of what it comes across. Mocha. Like a nice little mocha taste. But it's just kind of like very velvety, really smooth. Like this is, the, you know, when we think a lot of bourbon barrel aged beers, the stouts are really the ones you see a lot that that are very much complemented by that. And then one of the reasons being like you have a nice beefed up imperial stout. Put that in, get a little nice notes of uh, bourbon coming through some coconut or vanilla, like mixed in with that chocolate. I mean, just it's just a natural fit with that. What's nice with this is like I don't really get a lot of that coconut though. There's no, not, I'm not getting not really that. I'm not picking any of that up either. But it's 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 it definitely there. Like you get like some hints of bourbon, but it doesn't come through in that aspect. It usually kinda, there's always. I mean, usually it's it's usually there's always coconut in there. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not picking any up. But most times I want to say there's. Yeah. That's why I need a steak. Beers. Yeah, this would be really. I good want a steak. steak. Nice like medium this is a nice, steak. Yeah, this is a nice, hefty, medium stout, rare yeah. steak beer. This is a tasty. I mean, it's just it's a really. Not, I mean, it it gives you that really um, warm kind of hearty feeling as you're drinking it. Like I just, I it is warming. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah, I'm like definitely. A, it's weird yeah. because if I, I had steak. this, having this after having the Phantom Ship, I would think this is higher in ABV almost. It really comes across now, like that warming character, but it's it's nine and a half compared to ten, and that's what's funny. That's like you know, 
sometimes you have to know ahead of time what the ABV is. You can't just say, oh, this is definitely that because, well, besides the fact you have, to know, you have to know what the ABV is beforehand because otherwise you wind up on the floor. That is the, the responsible way to approach What do they call the Murphys when you end up on the floorsies? <laughs> wow. Oh, God. I don't know. I love it. Uh, That's Doug, right? Yeah, something. What? <laughs> Doug. What? Doug? What? Doug. Just for, forgive me. I'm thinking the Nickelodeon cartoon. I'm like, I don't remember an episode about a roofie. Yeah. What was the chick's name? What was her Patty Mayonnaise. Patty Mayonnaise. Beats are nature's candy. Yeah. Patty Mayonnaise. Going back in time. Wow. That's what I thought you were talking about. I'm like, that would have been an interesting cartoon about him doing getting roofy. Now I just wish I had a bucket of slime above Derek. Not, yeah. oh. this is Nickelodeon. What would you do? I don't yeah. know. Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, Ren and okay. Stimpy. There's another classic. Uh, Magic oh, Nose yeah. Goblins. Yeah. Uh, I mm-hmm. pecked myself. Kiltic Yak. What's a kilted yak <laughs> season or e? log? I did not expect to go down log. this rabbit hole. That's log. what happens yeah. when you start drinking temperatures and cool. Yeah. Oh. Slug, slug. Yep. It's big, it's bad, it's wood. <laughs> you know what? Slug, it's just slug. Slug. They're talking It's better than oh. bad, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, what an original. That was so cool, oh, man, God. at that time. Ren and Stimpy, and it should have had a lot longer run than it did. Well, they tried I bringing was, it back, and it I was didn't hated do so the, well. Those, like, close-ups of, like, the hairy moles that they would yeah. do. <laughs> real smokes out stuff. I always had a hard time oh, with remember that. Like, remember the bloody head fairy? Remember that yeah, episode? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was ahead of its time. I mean, they tried bringing that back, and it, it didn't do well. I think ah, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, what Wiley Coyote did with, uh, you know, making um, buckshot birdseed, they could do anything <laughs> yeah. with, like, leftover shavings from anything, like a yak, a person, someone's back. Like, it was amazing what they could build the popular, with leftover shavings. The popular board game, Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence. Yeah, don't <laughs> whiz on the electric fence. Oh, I got to go watch this on YouTube now. Yeah, no, listen, really, oh. we should go out sometime. I'm just brainstorming here. You know, Freddie, I think this is a, a perfect example of when Derek... Do you think it would be bad if you do urinate, if you would urinate on an electric fence? Yes, 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 that no. is a no-go. No, don't is do that. that yeah, do not do that. Do that. The third rail didn't work. They did it on Mythbusters, too, because the uh, urine stream breaks up, so it doesn't, it's not a constant stream. That's the problem with it. <laughs> Just saying. But <laughs> I think that when Derek runs his bus trip down to Heavy Seas on September 19th for Talk Like a Pirate Day, that we will have a run and stimpy marathon on the bus. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to happen, right, Derek? Yeah, let's do that. Lots of commitments for you, buddy. Classic Nickelodeon drive down. That's All an right, actual man. Action. So yeah, we're uh, another phenomenal beer, another phenomenal show. Good interview. Uh, Heavy Seas, another great brewery that you were very happy to have. We've been having some really great luck with a lot of these breweries we have. And next week uh, we have Cane Brewing from New Jersey, and this is a brewery that has a very, very much stellar up and coming yes. reputation that. A lot of people have been giving them a lot of chatter because they won a bunch of awards and, and right out of the gate, and they're really building themselves up. And we're talking to their owner, Michael Kane, the namesake of the brewery, and uh, really getting into a lot of this stuff. I mean, it was like the really- actor? No, it's spelled differently. <laughs> okay. This is Actually, Michael yeah. Kane. <laughs> that, yeah, how awesome that would be if that's <laughs> it. Just checking. <laughs> A lot of people are expanding out. You know, it's a tough economy out there. People it's are expanding true. out there. And, and remember, it's not where you start. It's where you finish. It, yeah. But also, yeah, would, you, know? you know, no, no disrespect, but would Michael Caine move to New Jersey and open up a brewery? <laughs> Just saying. 
That's the tough call. I'm just know. saying. All right, are you guys done with your ADD yeah, over yeah, there? Yeah, no. You guys got to pound that 10 over there, that heavy stuff. Maybe to slow you down a little bit. You guys are going a little crazy, but it's all kinds of good crazy. With that, on behalf of all the beer geeks in the studio, we had a lot of fun. Thank you for joining. Even the rough start. Consider yourselves all dealt with. Cheers. See you next week. Cheers.